This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9. Good morning. It's 7.06 a.m. on Friday, the 27th of January. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Philip C. and Chong Jen Sun. Now, in half an hour, we're going to recap the tech earnings that have come out this week and what that bodes for the rest of the sector. But in the meantime, let's kickstart the morning with a look at how global markets closed overnight. U.S. markets, they rallied on better-than-expected GDP numbers, so the Dow was up 0.6%, S&P 500 up 1.1%, and Nasdaq, it was up by 1.8%. In Asian markets, the Nikkei was down by 0.1%, Hang Seng up by 2.4%, the Shanghai Composite was closed, and the Straits Times Index, it was up by 0.7%, and the FBM KLCI, it was down by 0.1%. So for some analysis on what's moving markets, we have on the line with us, Tim Mulholland, president of TJM Limited. Good morning, Tim. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Let's get your reactions to that GDP print. U.S. GDP slowed to 2.9%, down from 3.2% in the last quarter. What does this mean for Fed monetary policy? Do you think a 25 bips hike is likely? Well, on the face of it, I'd say for sure, if not a 50 basis point, but it's a very slight chance there. But I think on the number itself, the 2.9 looked good, but final sales, for example, were flat, and inventories didn't come down. So it was really on the consumption side. You know, consumers still have a lot of money from the stimulus that they've been getting. So that's I think that shows, uh, you know, that plus you had a good, you know, the holiday season and so forth. So it was the number itself looked good on the face of it, and that's what I think the markets liked a lot. Plus a deflator. Um, was, I believe, 3.9. We're going to get the PCE tomorrow, deflator, the 3.9. So came down a little higher than expected, but still coming down. So I think that emboldened investors to grab hold here. But I think it really reading between the lines, it was uh, the strength was a little misleading. Tim, does it then change your projections in terms of when a recession is likely to happen? Yeah, probably, I think, in the second half of the year. And uh, just because of you know, again, it was such a telegraph, everyone's looking for it. But right now, the job market is way too strong. And savings, uh, I don't have the exact number, but there's still a good amount of saving that uh, consumers will, you know, will burn through. So in that sense, I put the recession later, although it's still a good probability we're going to have, you know, some sort of a recession, but I just don't think it's now. And Tim, how might a Fed rate hike uh, in February affect the U.S. yield curve, especially as it relates to the present inversion of the two versus 10-year tenants? Well, if the market is right, which I think it's a little off sides here, but let's say they do start to 25 basis points and they're coming to an end and they're going to start looking at an ease later in the year, then I think what you're going to see is a steepening, which I think you started to see. You've been seeing some steepening of the curve, and I think that will continue going to switch our attention to earnings season, which is in full swing now. Um, well, how would you describe the state of corporate results that have been released thus far? Have they met or exceeded your expectations? I, I think they're probably that expectations or maybe exceeded slightly, but a lowered bar. Mm. So there's nothing to write home about, and they barely beat. But when you look at the forecast, uh, and, you know, and real uh, sales are actually decl- have declined as well. So I think that you've got, uh, you know, again, I think a little bit of, uh, you know, looking good, but not so good, you know, looking good, but not so good underneath. 
I got to say though, Tesla <laughs> did do quite well based on yesterday's Q4 numbers. They were looking pretty good. Is this a function of the top line or was it aggressive cost cutting on their side, you think? I'm sorry, you mentioned, was it Tesla you were talking yes, about? Yes, Tesla. Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. Actually, you know, I uh, actually bought that and just got out of it actually uh, today. <laughs> but, uh, I, but, but I think, but Tesla, I think, is a good story. It was very cheap, very beaten down, very badly, and I think it was more or less their their uh, forecast is what really boosted uh, Tesla. I think gave that the momentum, and it's been a beaten down stock. And you know, quite frankly, there's uh, you know, it almost became a value stock. Uh, when it was closer to 100 bucks, mm. So anyway, I think it was uh, more of the forecast. But it's very interesting, right? Because when you look at the overall earnings results so far, we, we get a sense that consumer spending, retail still feels quite resilient. Do you think this is just an aberration or will this be able to sustain itself a bit? In view that you just now said that employment numbers are pretty good. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty steady. I mean, given the fact that what we have, the shape that consumers' balance sheets are in, although they are starting to use a little more credit, you have to be pretty impressed, I think. And I think what it looks to me is that you're going to still see, that's why I don't think there's a recession in the first half of the year, because of that strong support. And we are very, you know, what is it, two-thirds of the economy is on uh, is consumption. So I think that, that to me, looks fairly solid, which means to me the Fed is probably should go 50 basis points, because if they would go 50 basis points now when everything's strong, I think it would give them a lot more latitude if they have to shift when they, if and when they have to shift. So, uh, you know, again, I think that the Fed is thinking much, much different than the markets right now. Uh, and to me, that is where I think, uh, you know, you're, you're going to bet that we're going to go into recession, the Fed's going to cut rates and that nice, neat story, or we're going to get stuck up at five, five and a half percent. Listen, I think that the funds rate should be equal to the nominal GDP rate to be neutral. And we're not even there yet. So that's why I think you're talking five, five and a half. And we could surprise ourselves into how high they're going to have to raise rates. So to me, I think that story is far from over. And Tim, do you think we'll see the bulk of the 2023 earnings cuts by this quarter or this reporting period? You know, it's, I think they're starting to come down. But to me, I think they're going to try and hold on just because of the economy being strong. But I do believe you're seeing margins. If you also look at margins in the, underneath these earnings, they're not so hot either. So there's a lot of structural uh, reasons right now where I think earnings estimates could come down. And I think we talked before, the S&P estimates are around $230 a share. They probably should be closer to 200 or 195 So I still stick with that, and there's nothing in these reports that deterred me from, from that analysis. And I do think you're going to see earnings estimates continue to come down. How much is going to depend on what happens with, you know, with the economy. Can we just unpack uh, in detail the earnings, specifically on tech? I'm just so confused, Tim. There have been a mix of results, isn't it? Some you know, beat expectations, some really missed it by far. Can you help us unpack any clear trends in terms of where you see tech earnings are heading into? Yeah, well, tech, tech earnings, I think, are going to be, you know, again, there's the margins. And I think tech earnings are going to be dependent on CapEx spending. And CapEx spending, I think, is going to be reduced as companies cost. So I think tech earnings are a little overpriced, and they're pricing too much growth in right now. And the reason tech has gotten such a good bid to it here is because 10-year you know, yields fall from 4 and a quarter to 3.4%, you know, and you have this, this uh, rate uh, ideas and soft landing ideas. Well, that gets people into back to a beaten-down growth sector. I think it's the wrong way to be, and I think value is still very cheap, and I think EM is still very cheap, 
And I think that uh, we're, I, I think actually this is a place right now you could rally a little more into June, but I do think you're, you have to be careful here. And I don't think you're looking long term to be a buyer. Tim, thanks very much for the chat. That was Tim Mulholland, president of TJM Limited in Chicago, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. Commenting there on earnings season so far, Mm. it's met expectations, but uh, he doesn't really see um, that the outlook is all that rosy. Uh, It's pretty much gloomy on the horizon. Yeah, I think his main insight also was that he expects now the recession likely to take place second half of the year. I think the print for GDP for quarter four was better than expected. It came out at 2.9%. Consensus was 2.6%. So perhaps in his view, he's kind of shifted the goalposts a bit about when we expect to hit a recession. Yeah, I think in terms of earnings, he does expect uh, more cuts in earnings. He thinks current S&P uh, valuations in terms of earnings is roughly about $230 a share. And he thinks that it could come down to 195 which is about a more than a 20% downside from current levels. So we are going to dive into tech earnings seasons a little later on the show when we speak to Dan Ives of Wedbush Securities. But before that, let's take a look at Intel earnings that came out overnight. They issued their fourth quarter results that failed to meet expectations. So earnings came in at $0.10 per share adjusted versus the $0.20 per share expected. And revenue came in at $14.04 billion versus $14.5 billion that was expected. Yeah, so below expectations. But if you look at the year-on-year number, Intel's revenue declined 32%, right, ending December 31st. And this is the fourth consecutive quarter of falling sales as the market for personal computers retreats from the COVID boom. Now, the company recorded a $660. $64 billion net loss compared with the profit of $4.62 billion last year. What a fall from grace. Indeed, and we can even see that even in terms of chips, um, their client computing group, um, it was down 36% and below uh, the $7.7 billion US dollars consensus. So things not looking too great on the Intel front as far as tech is concerned. Um, We do have another earnings uh, report from Visa. They released their first quarter results with profits beating Wall Street expectations due to a steady payments volume despite an economic slowdown. Everyone's putting on the credit card, aren't they? Earnings was $2.18 per share versus $2.01 as expected. Revenue came in about 7.94 versus the expected 7.68. Net income, $4.18 billion. But what I think is a very interesting number is total cross-border volumes jumped 22% on a constant dollar basis with total payment volumes adding 7%. So much higher ticket price going on here. Yeah, but that was actually far lower than last year's 40% surge. And Visa said in October that while outbound travel from from the US to all geographies continue to pick up steam, a stronger US dollar does not bode well for the American tourism industry. Well, that was the case, I think, maybe in quarter four. But if you look at where we are now, ring it to the US dollar, 4.2457. And with China reopening, I wonder what the numbers will look like in 2023. How do the geographies and markets shift with respect to Visa? Because it is a global business. Something that we're going to be keeping an eye on as the year unfolds. We are coming up to 7.18 in the morning. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll come back with more top stories in today's newspapers and portals. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.